0: Welcome to Chinuch Today with Rabbi Yerachmiel Garfield, where we highlight innovative
1: ideas and inspiring people from the world of Chinuch. Hello, everybody. Today we are going to meet an amazing, an amazing person, a Rosh Hashiva, a Cohen, who's been in Chinuch for well over 30 years. Reb Shia Cohen is a remarkable mechanic, and we could have spoken to him for hours and hours about many components of chinuch. He is a sought-after speaker and truly an adam Gadol, a of a person. We focused on his childhood a little bit and a little bit of how he got to where he was, some of the main jobs and areas he focused on on chinuch, and then finally how it led him to develop a curriculum that we're going to hear about called Teach to Reach, It's a very special curriculum that's been advertised heavily in uh, Jewish magazines. And what's uh, so remarkable about this initiative is that here is a man who's been in Chinuch for so long and felt there was yet a need, there was a place, there was a a hole that needed to be filled and put together very serious uh, funding, money, resources, energy, and focus to address issues proactively. And as I mentioned in our interview, that that's very much the ethos of this podcast is to broaden the conversation to get people to be aware of different ideas that are out there and different needs and different programs and hopefully build off each other synergistically so that you'll hear in this program how Rabbi Cohen took his youth, his work with youth at risk and with even even his work in the in the mainstream yeshiva and thought about what could he do to change that, what resources could he bring, and develop this program along with some of his Talmidim and other Mechanchim and some Rosh Hashiva advisory board to really uh, change to change Chal Yisrael positively. I'd like to point out another aspect of his program, and that is the idea that we found similarly with Darcheinu in the SEL program, It used to be that we assumed that children picked up on certain things, either through osmosis or at their homes or just through the general process of going to school. And what we're learning is that children benefit from direct instruction around these areas. So with the SEL program, it's about social-emotional learning and Drachenu's recognition that children need to hear messages about their social-emotional life and that the children need to be taught in a very specific way. And that's a similar approach that the Teach for Rich curriculum is taking with Rabbi Cohen, and that they recognize there's certain hashkafa and values that maybe we used to assume children would pick up, but that he found children are missing. And because the Rosh Hashiva found that children did not have these, he put together a specific curriculum that, if followed, will make sure that children get that specific instruction. So there's this theme that we will be seeing around the supplementary curriculums, where the idea being there is a missing component, and by being thoughtful and developing it in a thoughtful way, children will, be ma- will make sure that children get all of the critical messages that they need. It's a real honor for the Chinuch Today podcast to have such a kosh Rosh and I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it and meeting Rabbi Cohen more personally. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Chinuch Today. And we have another first on our podcast. We're going to be interviewing a Cheshavarosh Yeshiva who not only runs the Yeshiva, but is using that platform to reach out to Kla Yisrael and to schools all over the country. And that's Rabbi Shaya Cohen. I know Rabbi Cohen, they they refer to your Yeshiva as Priority One, but I think it has a more uh religious-sounding name. Does it have another name
0: besides? Yeshiva Zichraria. That's Zichararieh. <laughs> and yeah, priority one is the overall organization, but Got yeah, it. Nari okay. is the yeshiva.
1: Priority one and Zichar thank you. So I'd like to just go back and find out like how you came to this. We're going to talk about a program called Teach to Reach, which I'm sure many people have seen. It's very well advertised and we'll talk about that. But before we get to Teach to Reach, let's find out how Rabbi Cohen came to Teach to Reach. So where did you grow up, Rabbi Cohen? <laughs>
0: you want to go that far back? I want to go that far back. <laughs> I grew up in Brooklyn, Ooh. and I had the privilege of studying for about 15 years in the Chabad Chaim Yeshiva. That oh. was already post-high school by Rabbi Benach Libowitz, a very close type relationship with him. And I must say that I discussed everything under the sun and then some with him. How many so, Bukhavs really, were in the Yeshiva then? Uh, when I started, uh, 20. Really? <laughs> Yeah, then we went to Eretz a few years later. There were 30, and now there's about 400, but whatever. Wow. Anyway, so then I I, I went to Eretz I actually got married in Eretz uh, and married into a fine family. My father-in-law was Reb Laysa Plachinsky, who was a Talmud, Mamish Talmud movie by the Briskorov and the Chazamish. Shloy Mehuda, I believe. That's right. Which was, right, which was something that was unusual at the time. You were either... Uh, a or a briska, not both together, but he managed to combine together. And I learned by him, with him, I learned by Russo, with him for a few years. I came back here. Wait, wait, hold
1: qu- on, Rabbi Cohen. That is, you just threw that out, but that's fascinating. How does an Americanish Abacher from Brooklyn get connected enough to a mishpacha, an Eretz Israel, a Mamish and his. his it's mishpacha. a posuk
0: in, it's a posuk in Talib. That's all I can tell you. So, Dover HaMelech described it. Anyway. When we started, the very beginning, we got along great. Because uh, I didn't understand. I didn't speak much Hebrew. She didn't speak much English. And the communication was wonderful. Nothing to argue about. By the third date ready, we sort of figured out how to talk, and then that's when the arguments began. Can I, can the, I ask, who is your Shachem? Yes. How, how did the Shachem come about? Who is your that's uh, uh, It's a complicated story. We give the Rosh Hashiva and his Rebetzin, Repenach and his Rebetzin, the credits for being the Shachonim. But what actually happened was, is that, I had the privilege of studying with my future father-in-law years before in Eretz Royal. Uh-huh. I stayed with him like two nights a week. And I, I liked him, the family. I never saw his daughter or anything. And then a couple of years later, I was going out. Nothing much was happening. So I told the Rosh Hashiva when he was going to Eretz Royal right after the Six-Day War. I said, tell the Pluchinskis that if they're interested, I'll come for a date, which was like unheard of in those days. You didn't go to Eretz Royal just for a date. Anyway, uh, it's a debate whether we don't know whether he mentioned first or my father. My wife said that my father in law mentioned it first. What about that? You Can know, we won't that resolve
1: I, that on al- today.
0: Yeah. And anyway, uh, and uh, because uh, that wow. was Did you get to, to meet Rabari? Was he still alive? Was, was Rabari? I knew Rabari even before. The first time the Yeshiva was in Eretz Royal in 64, 65, I got to know Rabari very well. And, uh, and then when the, later on, he was just, when I got married, it was like very weak. It was the last year of his life. He passed away that Arab Pesach. Wow. We got married. Elwin passed away that Arab Pesach. Uh, if, you, if you're looking for cute stories, I'll tell you that on the first or second date, when we still didn't communicate well, I decided to ask this young lady, what does she want out of life? So she said, I thought that means rich. And I was ready to run. You know, I'm not looking for someone who wants my money, and I had no money besides that. Uh, Baruch Hashem, I figured out uh, the difference between Ashira and Musharet, Then the rest is history.
1: What is and, Musharet? Can you translate Musharet for our uh, listening but, audience? Musharet
0: means happy. happy. Musharet is the happiness, right. and Ashira is rich. She, she didn't want to be rich. <laughs> I'll tell you a, a, a secret. I, if, I, if I don't have riches, I can actually blame her, because her grandmother who was a Revarius Rebus and was a super Tzadekis Yodua in the world, so she was miscolored that her ainikach shouldn't be rich, really. I can wow. blame her, but they say that after a couple of generations, the Tfila was only for a few generations. I don't know, okay. Maybe, maybe my enough. children will be rich someday, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so you got married short. and you stayed in Eretz initially, or you stayed in Eretz Yisrael for a few years. Then I came back to learn the Koilo by the Rosh Hashiva. and then I went to Los Angeles in 1975. To start in the San Fernando Valley, the least likely place to make a Mokum Torah, to start a yeshiva there. Spent 10 years over there. I would say in those years I learned everything because there was so much going on and so many obstacles and so many challenges. And uh, I came back to New York and uh, I eventually started this Priority One, started the yeshiva, the koilo And we with Priority One, we were always interested in addressing issues that weren't being addressed with whether it was the kids at risk, whether it was other issues that... And we decided after many years dealing with the kids at risk and actually had a high school for uh, boys who were really in trouble for about close to 20 years, a little under 20 years. And then we decided that, first of all, other people were making high schools at that point. When we started, there wasn't any for these kind of kids. And then we figured the real trick is prevention. And that's how we got to this Teach to Reach. And all this
1: time, the regular, you still have a regular yeshiva in addition? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The yeshiva was going on, the koilu, we have a branch in Eretz royal as well. It's debatable whether I'm a part-time malamed or a part-time uh, uh, Teach to Reach worker, but <laughs> that depends who you ask. But, okay. you know. So uh, I think I'm a full-time malamed and a full-time uh, Teach to reach is what. That's well. what your
1: family okay. for sure says. What? Yeah, but not everyone. everyone your would, a... Not
0: everyone would agree
1: with me. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, tell me like the, the, your philosophy of chinuch, um, that, that has developed and now has been crystallized into this teach to reach, which we'll get to. When did you? When would you say you were aware that you had something special or a unique message to give in chinuch? And is that from the Rosh Hashiva, or is that something that you
0: added from other influences? Well, it's, it's certainly from, the basis. certainly from the Rosh uh, The Rosh Hashiva was keenly aware of the problems that were out there in the world. And the two Yisaitis, which were expanded upon vastly over the years, were the power of Torah to influence and the receptivity of the Yiddish Neshama. Those were the two things that the Rosh Hashiva drilled into our heads. Um used to say, they're waiting for us out there. When I went out to Los Angeles, to the valley, I didn't see them waiting at first. I saw them just wishing I would go home. But, um, eventually, yeah, we saw that much on a much deeper level. They were all waiting and everybody is receptive. The Torah is, is, is so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. like Rebbe Kiva with the, with the water dripping on the rock, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the, the divray Torah against the heart and Borch Hashem. But then we also saw that um there are obstacles to people accepting the Torah. We realize that the difficulty of it, we realize the strangeness of it in society where everybody is not doing it. Uh, we realize that the lack of understanding of some of the basics is so critical. We realize that they didn't understand what they're going to benefit and how it's going to make them happy. We realize there may have been too much emphasis on what's going to be in the next world and not enough to show them the beauty and the happiness and the fulfillment they get in this world. We realize that there may be too much much emphasis on fear which was scaring the daylights out of these kids and not enough emphasis on love and and, you know a relationship with and these are ideas that
1: came from the youth at risk yeshiva from priority one uh,
0: they came before well uh, California was a lot of youth at risk work too you know in the valley that was uh, um, you know it was it was a difficult uh, there were all kinds of people there there were people that were Shemir Shabbos there were people that were Shemr Shabbos Machalaloi (laughs) <laughs> there were people that were that were were not, but they were sympathetic. They identified as all people didn't identify as Orthodox. We had the, the, a very broad cross section. It was delightful years, and Lord Hashem, amazing things were accomplished there. So we learned a lot from that. I also had the good fortune of meeting up with the people from Arachim, mm. uh, Doctor Srebrenik and Svi Imbal, and, and I learned a lot from them in terms of the approach, the psychology of Emuna. And the approach that they take to Kirov, which you also combined together to You met them in Yisrael or here? Yes. When I heard no, oh. when I met no, I brought them here, we did many seminars with them. Wow. But but when I met when I heard about them, I went to see them and I and I, I recognized that they had something special. And I we incorporated that into the work that we do.
1: I think that's such a theme that I'm seeing in talking to different people with programs is the beauty of reaching seeing an idea and saying, Wow, this could benefit my area or another, and going and getting it, you know, in this case Israel. And and I would
0: only add to that, there should be more of that. There should be more of that. Yeah, We shouldn't rest on our laurels and say, well, I've been so successful so I don't really need any new ideas. You know, new ideas are always helpful. And not only that, you get bogged down in your old ways if they don't get refreshed once in a while. You get stale, they get stale, and you lose cheshek, you know, so very That's important.
1: part of the reason for this podcast is to, you know, engage the the community in a conversation around great ideas, and hopefully, you know, good things will come from that. You know, like beautiful, building on beautiful. different ideas and
0: inspirations. Should be matzliach. Very I, important.
1: The pushback I would give, and I don't know uh, the Chavetz Chaim hashkafa well enough to, to express it properly in your terms, but. You know, there's this idea of Mesorah. I mean, I know that in the Chavetz Chaim Yeshivas, Mesorah is is a key word. How do you balance that friction between being respectful and embracing Mesorah and that sort of progressive language that you were just using about growth, change, adaptation, bringing new ideas, and how do you find them not contradictory?
0: Okay, that's a very good question. And the answer is, I disagree with the question. Okay. Uh, you, there, you don't have to find a balance between that and Masora. That is what Masora is. Masora is the that come down midiri and their expectation that they should be adapted to the generation, to the individual who is the purveyor of this mesora, to the clientele that he's working with, to the, the, the atmosphere in which we live. and so that's all part of it. is the Masuira. The mesurah is not Masurah is not anything other than that. It's not that this derich. The is not to learn Yiddish. Yiddish was learned because that's the language they spoke. Right. The, the, that's, the, the, there is no no on the specifics. There is no Masurah on the specifics. It's all about taking the basic principles which we learned, the yeshiva, which came from Slabodka. That's where the Mesoira stems, and to, and to carry it over to apply it to the individual, to the clientele, and to the day and age. Interesting. So I, mean, I don't really disagree with your question. I just Yeah, I appreciate say that. it I, to be I, dramatic I, appreciate okay. I appreciate your answer. I
1: appreciate your answer. So so you consider what the work you're doing to be a Hemshik of the work of the altar of Slabotka, essentially?
0: Absolutely Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. I'm quite certain. I'm quite certain that the approaches that we take and what we use. Uh, the altar would be very, very would be thrilled. That's one. And I must say also that in a long, Meeting, we had the, 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 opportunity to have like a 45 minute meeting with Rabbi Yashem, number of years ago, maybe that was 20 years ago, maybe 80, I don't remember exactly. We discussed this whole program with him, the need, the problem, the people going off the derrick, the adults going off the derech, all the terrible things. And what we believe in terms of training Machanchim to better understand the nature of the times, the needs of the, of the generation, the way to present Yadus in a way that they can appreciate what you're talking about, the language of the times, and not just English versus Yiddish, but you know, and his words were that it's poshut uborur, when an Indian of pikuach nefesh, to do such training. So that has, you know, buoyed us very much too in this process. Beautiful. I hope the
1: Rosh Hashiva understands. I'm asking in order to understand and to seek a deeper understanding of the philosophy here. The question I would have is I've heard Different speeches about the youth at risk phenomena, and often associations are made between physical or sexual abuse as a cause or trauma. I haven't heard a lot of discussion about hashkafic insufficiencies and and you know not teaching the proper hashkafa as a cause. I've heard learning disabilities, I've heard divorce, I've heard trauma, sexual abuse, but it sounds like the Rosh Shiva's experiences. Tell me if I'm wrong. Have led you to believe that. It has a lot to do with what and how we're teaching, which is a different approach. Is it different? And how would you respond to, to this
0: question? Well, that's it's a very, very good and a profound question, actually. It's true that the, the psychological world, the world of psychology, tends to look more at those things, and they see things in those terms. And it's definitely true that the instances of such type of abuse and, uh, you know, and and, and other outside factors are very, very significant, you know, quite clearly more than previous times. And it's it because the ideas that are being cross-pollinated, you know, through the internet and through the openness of society and what's being tolerated and what's being considered and accepted as norm, I mean, it's definitely, it's very tragic what's going on. But I do believe on two levels. We would be better prepared to avoid a lot of these situations and we certainly could learn skills to better cope with these situations had the appreciation for Yadus been much more understood, much more emotionally felt a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be so deeply rooted within us an appreciation of the chesed Hashem, and that kol ma da'ovrachmona letavov, and everything Hashem does is for the good. Hashem is in control of the whole world. The purpose of creation, um, uh, the benefit that we get from observing the mitzvahs, the truth of Teremisina, all of these things will work, that even when there is a tragedy or an abuse or a challenge or a serious challenge, but I'm armed with the equipment to, to fight it off. To prevent it on some levels, the for example, a person who's highly motivated in his connection to who will work to find AIDS to keep out the outside world rather than to bring in the outside world. A person who maybe even have been a victim of abuse will recognize that his connection to Akkodishporu can help him to heal. In fact, a therapist who really wants to be effective with anyone who has a background, the yeshiva background or a Frum background for the Jewish from the frum community, knows, I think he knows or should know, that without healing and dealing with the Yiddishkeit piece, then you're not going to bring full healing to the client because it's all connected. So I look at it as a partnership. And we work, I work in partnership with many therapists that they have their piece that they have to deal with, and we need them to deal with certain pieces we also have to deal with this. I even have some therapists who are capable of dealing with this piece too, which is a very beautiful thing, but that's not that many. That's not their field and some feel professionally that they shouldn't be involved in that. I don't agree with that really, but but I don't think there's a contradiction. I think the numbers, the statistics are mind-boggling in terms of the problems that do exist, but I don't think that's anywhere near the whole story. Just as Uh, The same thing, people ask another question. They say, why is it mostly parents? Is it mostly the school? Is it mostly individual? Uh, Going off the derch is a partnership. It's a partnership between the Bechira Chavshis of the individual, the parents, and the Rebbeim in the school. Everybody contributes to it, and everybody can help to prevent it and to reverse it. Beautiful.
1: I do wonder if, you know, therapists, if they're aware of the Rashiva's position, what level of objection... They would have i've heard that if you're not a ben adam if you don't have the basic human yeshiva das mindset it's very hard to connect spiritually and that if people are abused or go through these kind of service it takes away their humanity to some extent and they're no longer as capable now the rashiva's experience is obviously very deep with priority one and and i guess you found otherwise
0: i definitely find otherwise i find for example let's take the world of addiction Many people say, you know, if they if they can't get rid of the addiction before you can, be, before there'll be a human being that you can talk to, but they need a spiritual motivation and mm-hmm. connection to get rid of the addiction. It's not going to work with that. And I worked very closely with one of the biggest people in addiction and we worked hand in hand because he knew that without, and especially someone has a yeshiva training, he can't tell him, I'm, I'm surrendering myself to my desk. You know what I mean? It that doesn't work that way. There's a higher power. No, they know the name of the higher power. They know right. my name. You know, right. baruch hashev, we speak directly to him. And the mail that has to be part of the healing. That has to be part of the therapy. And I feel that the same thing, uh, he won't become that Ben Odom unless he has it. I even believe that non religious people who know nothing about Yiddishkeit also need that for healing because that's part of the Selim kim <laughs> That's part of the, the, the certainly part of the the, the Neshoma that stood by Har Sinai. And they need that. So I definitely don't agree with that. There is a
1: movement in in therapy and psychology about spirituality. I mean, it certainly has a respected place, some circles at least, about how important that is in terms of meaning and connectivity. And
0: so So without meaning, there's no happiness. Right. Happy, the definition of happiness is Osher. Osher about that. He said, your The Shirish of the word Osha is, is sure, validation. To feel good about yourself. Without meaning in life, without purpose in life, you can't feel good about yourself. If you can't feel good about yourself, all the therapy is not gonna heal you. So so the Rabbit
1: Sin is Mamish married the right guy because she asked for a life of Osher and that's the focus of your uh <laughs> your That's
0: very sweet of you
1: she looked that little did she know that that was going to be the focus of it. So let's just i want to get to the teach for rich program a little more I, um so let me just take a moment to say so rashifa was, was in california for 10 years came back to america working with youth at risk i think rabbi Re- said 20 years and there was a, there was a feeling that we need to develop a curriculum to be proactive preventative and get out Tell me who's on that team when the Rosh Shiva comes up with this ideas. Who's the we, and how did that go from a thought to a actual program?
0: Well, you know, we've been doing a lot of this stuff ad hoc, so to speak, over the years, and then we just got together, a few of us. These are uh, Rebbeim, Rebbeim or Askan? Rebbeim that were usually tell me them of our yeshiva okay. who have gone into chinuch and have had experiences also, and they put together an actual curriculum. Uh, one, one fellow who's very much involved in writing this stuff is Rabbi Eli Zolden. He happens to be in Boca now. This is the curriculum. It's probably about a 50 page document, which goes through the major stuff. We have a very popular item that we, we send out to the all over, if I could find it. And that is a Hinoch companion, uh, probably in the thousands already out there that really goes through the basics in a very brief, easy reading the basics of Chinuch. And uh, and then we have courses that from all of this work that we've done, courses for Menalim, menalim elementary school Menalim, high school Menalim, courses for machanchim. um, You know, a lot of it has been on Zoom because they're in different places. Some of it is in person. We're working now with one school in person, uh, with working with a group in Zoom. And uh, this is the way it's been. Uh, we've done three cohorts of menahalim already, and, and some of them now are becoming speakers for us. And we're expanding the, the program.
1: And, and what's the message? What What are you, you know, if you could help us understand, what so message we are have, you hoping we, for? We have,
0: divided, we have divided the curriculum. It's called The Guide for Machan, from Inculcating a Lifelong Commitment to Yiddishkeit. And it has four major sugyes. And in the four major sugyes are many, many, Minor details. One, the first one is connecting to our, us to connecting our students to Hashem, relationship with Hashem. Second one is developing a meaningful relationship with our students, relationship between the Rebbe, the teacher, and the student. Connecting our students to Maiman Sinai, to the truth of Maiman Sinai. Emuna Bitochun, very important. And connecting our students to Libud Hattuira. Why is learning so critical to Yahadus? Those are the four major areas. And in those areas, we give context to Yiddish guide. We talk about the purpose of creation. We talk about the purpose of mitzvahs and many, many different things. The Hashimahs of learning and why it's so paramount and what it does and how it all connects you to Hashem and the extent of the relationship with the teacher, how that helps and how to go about developing that relationship. How to go about developing, I just finished in one school two-part series on how to develop a relationship with Hashem. Then we give another two-part series on how to develop a relationship with our students. And Beautiful. This, this what is age? The, so. The, the idea base. is
1: that you teach the teachers, and then they go back to their classrooms. That's right. What ages is it for? Is it aimed for in terms of talmud? So
0: the, the the program, as is in its fullness, uh, is best suited for junior high school, high school, and beyond and above. Best okay. Besmederish also needs chizuk these days. But we have done for elementary school, younger grades, and that also works. They have to adapt it a little bit more to their nusuch, to the level of the kids. But, you know, that, that that's also important because some of these ideas, positive ideas about Hashem, positive ideas about Hashem's kindness. Many many of the things we talk about is in order to preempt when suffering or challenge comes in life, if you have positive ideas about Hashem and about Yiddishkeit, you take things in a whole different way. And that's all part of it, and some of that stuff can go for younger kids too. So, is you
1: know, is this for boys only, or is,
0: is no? We well, we we've, for the most part we've been dealing with boys, menalim and Uh We now started this year. We hired um, women to work with that, and we started programs for women as well. I mean, the men will do that too, but we needed. We felt we needed more women to be directly involved in that.
1: And I, I assume the process of developing this curriculum. Did it come from your head, essentially? Like um, you sat down with your team and you sort of charted it out. Like what are the pieces? Well,
0: I, I would like to say it's all Chazal based. See, Chazal's wisdom is eternal. Hazal's wisdom. See, if someone, let's say a, uh, a a Jewish thinker, has a certain philosophy that may be related to the time, like say Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch was a he saved the generation. I don't know if that's so relevant today to the mood of our generation. You know, they were more philosophical, we're more what's in it for me. So but the words of Chazal are eternally relevant. Hmm. Uh, anything Chazal said, Chazal, I'm talking about, you know, in the Gemara in Midroshim in, 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 the, in and this, what Chazal said, showing him also, that's Nitzchias. We use those principles and apply them to, to Chinuch today. Which is very, it's also very authoritative, because you can argue with my personal opinions, but when they're backed up with Hazal, if you argue, we have some choice words for you, you know what I mean?
1: So I'm just wondering, in developing it, were there any Hashkafic decisions that had to be made, or hard calls where you had to really think about something that you were going to include or not? Yeah, yeah, there were. Because really, it's, it, it's not as simple as it might sound. I mean, you really, it's almost like coming up with a Kitzor Shulchan Aruch of Chinuch values. Like you're almost distilling Chazal into what are the key things we well, about these Well,
0: I'll tell you. See, the reason I don't think that we had too many problems in that area is because we were so grounded in the Slavot Gemussar. And Slavot Gemussar was very much based on text. What do Chazal say? What is Rashi saying? Not it's We call it explanation rather than interpretation. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting my ideas into the text. I'm drawing forth the text, which is the Dvar Hashem. So therefore, we pretty much, you know, we're secure in that. And when necessary, we talk it over amongst ourselves or amongst with other people too. You know, we have like an advisory board of, of Rabonim, but there's not too much. We send them everything and there's not too much that they... Uh, that they have questions about, you know, so.
1: Are they from a broad yeshiva representation or mostly? Yeah,
0: Reb Ruben Feinstein, Reb Sholem Kamenetsky, and Reb Var Lupiansky. uh, Have
1: you gotten any pushback at all about people who are resistant to embrace the program?
0: uh, What I have is that the resistance that was posed against me the past 20, 30 years is practically not only non-existent today, to the contrary, they're embracing these ideas. And you must be and doing something re- wrong, Rabbi Kahn. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I guess I'm doing it right then, and now I'm doing something wrong. You're right about that. <laughs> I'll be the wrong. first one to complain, Rabbi Kahn. Okay. If they're not
1: complaining, you're not pushing hard enough.
0: Well, I'm sure there's still complaints out there, but anyway, okay. I think and we've uh, learned to be immune to them.
1: What's your vision for this program? Is it growing at a speed that you're happy yes. with,
0: and what's what's the come? Well, happy with the speed of growth is not not a, a, a good concept because the, the growth has to be to reach every single Machanach and every Moesed HaTurah in the world. Wow. And we can't go fast enough for that, but right. we can't go too fast. Otherwise, we won't do a good job. Right. We believe in quality over quantity. But it goes beyond that. The dream is that no Moesed HaTurah will engage a teacher, man or woman, Rebbe or Amora, unless they've been trained in this approach of understanding the, the nature of the, the youth today, the challenges that face them, and how to present to them the age-old relevance of Torah in a way that they can relate to directly and personally. But going beyond that, I have a dream, which we are beginning to start now, parenting, because it's the same thing. They have to work together. It's a mm-hmm. And by the way, the over the years, over a long career in Chinuch, the Talmidim that we were most successful with were the ones that we had a real sense of shutzpahs between the parents and, the, and mm. the yeshiva. That's a very important concept. You know, they get them from all sides, you know, just surround them right. with love, not with, uh, you know. Anyway, but the other dream is hopefully that they should come when no Rosh Hashiva and no Rav will be Masada Kedushin unless he also introduces his uh, this young couple, besides whatever else they have to learn, to the basics of parenting. Wow. You know, the old school stuff that doesn't work anymore. You know, when parents tell me that, well, I don't feel I'm in control of my kid anymore. I say, oh, when's the last time you were? You know what I mean? Today, by the way, there's no control over children. Bye-bye, I'm going off the derach. And they start that, Nusach at eight or nine, you know, they've heard about it. So you have nothing to say, you have nothing to do about it. You absolutely nothing to do about
1: Is it. that currently the Rosh Hashivas practice uh, in terms of chasimahs? Not to
0: marry a couple that hasn't, well, we are the only couple I'm involved with is the Bukhrun that learn here, and they get a lot of training. In this okay.
1: Summer. Okay. They get a lot of training,
0: and I give them a packet before they get married with a lot of stuff about parenting as well. And hopefully they, you know, Amazing. they refer together with their new, new wives. I, I hope so. But, Wonderful. Yeah, they get a lot of that.
1: Final question I, I ask all my guests, and I'm curious how the Rashiva will respond is. If someone said to you, here's a million dollars, now a million dollars isn't what it used to be, but let's say a million dollars, help Klael Yisrael, change Klael Yisrael, how would you expand what you're doing or use that money in a special way to really have impact in the chinof. Well, phase?
0: that's really what we're doing. What we are doing is, uh, and that's not such fiction, that story, uh, what, we, what we are doing is offering stipends for the people that we're training. So that there's real motivation that people are busy, and especially people with more responsible positions like Hanholo, like Reveem, I like uh, uh, Han, you know yeah. principals and so forth, yeah. so we offer a generous stipend to make it a very serious program, and we do a lot of advertising to get people That's aware. Awesome. We have a website that we've invested a lot in, so there's tons of information that they can access. We have video series that we develop. We call it Divine Fingerprints. It's on the we teach to reach website. That's stuff that they could use in the classroom. We're constantly developing new materials and that costs money to pay people. You have to right, pay people time. Sure. So you're already spending volume. a
1: million. You're already spending uh, money. Well, so what if you had an extra million? It would
0: be to increase these stipends? Is that's that right. You're... Just increase the reach, hire more people. We're, we're looking now to hire more people to take this broader. Amazing. This, to me, this is the problem you give me as many. If I would have won the, 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 the lottery, you know what I mean? I you married the, the wrong name. family for that. <laughs> <laughs> I see you pay attention to your interviews. <laughs> I certainly
1: do. But maybe if it's Muktash, I don't know. If it's Muktash. <laughs> Maybe okay. we can make an exception. I'll, we'll see. Yeah, okay. Anyway, thank you Rabbi Cohen. It's it's, it's okay. so inspiring that uh it's not like some people towards the end of their career, not that you're at the end, but after 30 years they're looking for ways to avoid uh agma Snefesh. right? Here there was a Shiva saying push it, expand, reach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm looking for more years even than more money.
1: Amen. Hashem should give you as much years and as much money as you need oh, keep up your great work. Oh, thank you so oh, much. Man,
0: thank you so much. All of us, Bye-bye.
1: Well, all I can say is, Ashreenu, that we have someone like Rabbi Cohen around who's thinking about how to help Klai Yisrael, who's invested so much of his life to Claudius Yisrael, to helping children either in California or the youth at risk in New York and the base Medrash, and now Teach to Reach campaign, putting so much energy and creativity into finding ways to connect and really give over these critical, critical yesodos, these foundational ideas to all children. And it was so wonderful when he said that his goal is to reach all Jewish, all the schools, and all the children in America, or in the world. I always think that's such a remarkable aspiration, someone who really believes that they have something important, and they want to share it. Thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate any feedback, questions, suggestions. The email address to send that to is chinochtodaypodcast at gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com. All self respecting podcasts end with a request to rate and share us, so please rate us five stars and share us with your friends. Thank you so much for joining us. This is your Achmiel Garfield wishing you. A wonderful day.